Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This will be for Zechariah chapter 6. The heading reads, Zechariah crowns Joshua the high priest in similitude of Christ, the branch who shall come. Christ shall be a priest upon his throne forever. Verse 1, And I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came four chariots out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. In the first chariot were red horses, and in the second chariot black horses, and in the third chariot were white horses, and in the fourth chariot grizzled and bay horses. Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four servants of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses which are therein go forth into the north country, and the white go forth after them, and the grizzled go forth toward the south country. And the bay went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, Get you hence, walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. Then cried he upon me, and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that go toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north country. The prophet Joseph Smith changed the phrase four spirits in verse 5 to read four servants. This major change is vital to an understanding of these verses. Servants of the Lord are priesthood holders who labor to bring about the purposes of God. The servants came from between two mountains, two places where the Lord will judge the nations, which were made of brass, a symbol of firmness. The four servants went throughout the earth in chariots drawn by horses of different colors. The black horses, the only ones not previously mentioned, seem to represent death or mourning. John the Revelator also spoke of the four servants or angels who stood at the four corners of the earth in Revelation 7, which reads, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that held, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. In uh, the book of Doctrine and Covenants, section 77, it asks a question in verse 8. What are we to understand by the four angels spoken of in the seventh chapter and first verse of Revelation? Answer, we are to understand that they are four angels sent forth from God, to whom is given power over the four parts of the earth to save life and to destroy. These are they who have the everlasting gospel to commit to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, having power to shut up the heavens, to seal up unto life, or to cast down to the regions of darkness. These angels are those who in 1831 were waiting the great command to reap down the earth to gather the tares that were that they may be burned. In DNC 38 it reads well Joseph that was from Joseph, uh, Doctrine and Covenants 3812. Joseph Fielding Smith wrote that these four angels seem to fit the description of the angels spoken of in the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13 who plead with the Lord that they might go forth to reap down the field, they were told to let the wheat and the tares grow together to the time of the end of the harvest, which is the end of the world. These are now at work in the earth on their sacred mission. Church History and Modern Revelation, chapter, volume 2, page 70. Wilford Woodruff said, Those angels have left the portals of heaven, and they stand over this people and this nation now, and are hovering over the earth, waiting to pour out the judgments. And from this very day they shall be poured out. On the 6th of December, 1832, the Savior told the prophet Joseph Smith that these angels were crying unto him day and night for permission to reap down the earth and burn the tares. Zechariah 6, verse 7 states that the angels could not go forth upon the earth until given permission by the Lord. 
61 years after the revelation in section 86 of the Doctrine and Covenants was given, President Wilford Woodruff declared that the Lord had released those destroying angels and they were then upon the earth separating the tares from the wheat in preparation for the burning that would soon take place. God has held the angels of destruction for many years, lest they should reap down the wheat with the tares. But I want to tell you now that those angels have left the portals of heaven and they stand over this people and this nation now and are hovering over the earth waiting to pour out the judgments. And from this very day they shall be poured out. Calamities and troubles are increasing in the earth and there is a meaning to these things. Remember this and reflect upon these matters. If you do your duty and I do my duty, we'll, be, we'll, we'll have protection and shall pass through the afflictions in peace and in safety. President Joseph Fielding Smith said, Now I want to make some comments in regard to the statement of President Woodruff and this parable, the parable of the wheat and tares. The Lord said that the sending forth of these angels was to be at the end of the harvest, and the harvest is the end of the world. Now that would that ought to cause us some very serious reflections. And the angels have been pleading, as I read to you, before the Lord to be sent on their mission. Until 1893, the Lord said to them, No, and then he sent them loose. According to the revelation of President Woodruff, the Lord said, sent them out on that mission. What do we gather out of this that we are at the time of the end? This is the time of the harvest. This is the time spoken of, which is called the end of the world. Verse 9, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Take of them of the captivity, even of Heldai and Tobijah, and of Jediah, which are come from Babylon, and come thou the same day, and go into the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Then take silver and gold and take and make crowns and set them upon the head of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. In Hebrew, branch is his name, and from beneath him one shall branch forth, and he shall build the temple of Jehovah. And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Verse 13, even he shall build the temple of the Lord and he shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule upon his throne and he shall be a priest un upon his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. And the crowns shall be to Helam and to Tobijah and to Jediah and to Han the son of Zephaniah for a memorial in the temple of the Lord. And they that are far off shall come and build in the temple of the Lord. Sounds like America might be helping to build the temple in Jerusalem. And ye shall know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you, and this shall come to pass, if ye will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. So we know that uh, Jews that are members of the church will be the ones responsible to help build the temple. A party of Jews had just come from Babylon. Zechariah is instructed to take part of the silver and gold which they have brought for the temple and to make a set of circlets for Joshua, the high priest. Thus he will more fully be a type of one to come who is both priest and king to his people. That was by Demolo. They that are far off are the Jews who have been scattered afar by that by what power and under whose authorization shall the work be done? There is only one place under the whole heavens where the keys of temple building are found. There is only one people who know how to build temples and what to do in them when they are completed. That people is the Latter-day Saints. The temple in Jerusalem will not be built by the Jews who have assembled there for political purposes as at present. It will not be built by a people who know nothing whatever about the sealing ordinances and their application to the living and the dead. It will not be built by those who know nothing about Christ and his laws and the mysteries reserved for the saints. But it will be built by Jews who have come unto Christ, who once again are in the true fold of the ancient shepherd, and who have learned anew about temples because they know that Elijah did come, not to sit in a vacant chair at some Jewish feast of the Passover, but to the Kirtland Temple on April 3, 1836, to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. The temple in 
Jerusalem will be built by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They that are far off, they that come from an American Zion, they that have a temple in Salt Lake City will come to Jerusalem to build there another holy house in the Jerusalem portion of the mountains of the Lord's house. And again, that was by Bruce R. McConkie. So we have something to look forward to as we assist in the building of the temple in Jerusalem. I know there's a committee called the Temple Committee that's uh, that are Jewish uh, people over in, in Jerusalem. And they have plans to build the temple, or at least that's their, their hope and their desire is to build the temple. Um, but uh, it says here by Brother McConkie that it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that will build the temple and that Jews will assist in that. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.